Okay, ready? Take what you know and it's about a time when you get yourself in we are. I want to know something she's I think about everyone you need. I'm holding it. Things are moving real now. I have a senior warning you. Hey. The tour ratio. Okay, though. The tour ratio. Okay, though. That might be the best question I've ever been asked. <laughs> You's a phenomenal person. I mean, you legendary. I am a fan of you, my brother. I mean, I love Rihanna. You, Rihanna. I. That's it. <laughs> You heard it. You heard it. I heard it. I heard it. I heard it. Right. I heard it. Hit me up. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's all you need to do. That's all you need to do. So recognizable. I got it. I got it. I got it. I hit. Like that was a whole song. That bitch is fabulous. That bitch said, "I ain't fucking singing on the song." She was like, "What was she was like?" She was like, "Um, what was you like? What was that that song? My favorite song." She was like. Uh, she's like, you can say whatever, I can do whatever, it's so hard, yeah, yeah, yeah. That bitch always sound like she just woke up. I love her. She ain't hit me up. Hold me down. Lips, though. The lips. Brisha Webb is an hysterical comedian. She's currently starring on Run the World on Stars, but she has been making us laugh for so long, and I have been struggling throughout this interview to keep it together because she has me dying at every turn. Let's get into it. It's the hysterical, brilliant, amazing Brisha Webb on Torre Show. How did you and Nick actually, I mean, the question is not how did you and Nick get together? How did he pick you up? How did your husband start this whole thing? Well, I mean, everyone knows Lonnie Love hooked us up. Okay. He, like, we literally met like three or four years before we actually met again. You know, like everyone would say, you know, the guy that you marry is someone you've already met. And I was like, no, none of these niggas is somebody that I'm going to marry. I know them. And they're not it. They're not it. Looking all over around and you were here all. No, no, that wasn't my life, you know. (laughs) But long behold, there was a night that I was doing stand-up comedy at the comedy store. And Sinqua had brought his best friend. And, you know, like they were out. And Nick was just like super chill. I remember the whole night. I was super extra singing about my pussy or something on stage. (laughs) Being ridiculous. And he just was like so chill. We hung out the entire night. He wasn't doing too much, you know, like he was just chill. And then long behold, long, I'm in quarantine in Canada, about to do Merry Little Christmas two or three, no, two. And I'm in a room by myself, sad, like, I want to be in love. 
Jesus, where's my husband? And literally, literally the next day, Lonnie Love DMs me and is like, hey, so I don't know if you're up for this because it's pandemic, but I have a friend and he's a really good guy. Would you be down to getting coffee? And I was like, well, I'm in quarantine in Canada, but I can definitely do a FaceTime chat. And we started chatting on DM and... Here we are. What did he do? Because chatting on DM can be so dry. It is dry, but my dad actually told me to go in the trash. <laughs> he did. Because, like, I told him, I t okay, this is what happened. Okay, now I'm remembering. So I was in the room, right? And I was, I, like, my parents are my best friends, right? Amazing. Ama like, I, I talk to them all the time. And so my dad and I were talking, and I was like, oh, my gosh, so Lonnie Love, she told me about this guy that she wanted to hook me up with. And my dad was like, okay. And, like, he was my dating advisor. Good. You okay. know? And so he was like, okay, so what are the optics? Did you go on his IG page? You know, like, he's talking to me like this, and he's, like, definitely 75. He doesn't know what the hell he's, he's talking about. Uh, but he was kind of on he's, it. Uh, he's all right. Yeah, he talks to me every day. And you know, like, or go, he did. Go to the IG. Go to the IG. What was that? I was like, he has a kid. Like, I don't know if that's something I want to do. You know, like, I just want to do everything. He was like, bitch. Like my dad calls me. Yeah, he would do he that. He calls you that? Yeah, he would. He dad, he, he passed away, but like we were best friends and he, he would be like, bitch, you you 35. I like call, he was like I'll call my son nigga. Yeah. Right. But I would not call my daughter. Oh, but bitch. it was all it was definitely, definitely in love. love. It's all in love. Of course. Of course, of course. it's not you, bitch. No, but he was no, like, of course. but because we talk like that, he was just like, bitch. bitch. <laughs> you in your mid-30s. You think a nigga that's Around your age range and got kids. If he don't, something's wrong with you. You know what I'm saying? So he was just like, I'm, I'm going to need you to check yourself. Okay? Humble yourself. You missed that boat. <laughs> you missed the boat of being the first. Right. Okay? But it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Right. And those dudes do exist. Right. But if this person is a good guy and you trust Lonnie's opinion, go in the trash and see what he's saying. And I was like, you know what, Daddy? Now that I'm humble, I'm humble. You know, I ain't going to, you know, let me let me go go in the trash. and Because, you know, I wasn't following him, and he, right. you know. Right. So I went in the trash, and I mean... <laughs> His DM was so sweet. What did he say? He said, hi, my name is Nick. Lonnie said it was okay to DM you. No swag. <laughs> no swag. It was just very polite and sweet. And I, I actually loved it because it, it just actually made me go, oh. See, we think... Swag, bravado, yes. man. Yeah. No. No. Polite. Polite. Nice. Just testing humble, the waters. Just putting a, just touch, toe, a just toe. A toe in the water. Just, just, uh, no he wasn't push. trying to be anything other than himself. He was like, hi, how are you? I'm, no jokes. No jokes. My name's Nick. Lonnie said it was okay. I could see another. Up. I mean, would not another woman maybe say, he's boring. Maybe. But, but you're I, still open at that. I was open, you know, to have a conversation. And he was super cute. I went on his IG page and I was like. So, right. So, okay. So you're doing, so you're, you're starting with points. Yeah. I'm starting with points. Because he's, he's very good looking. He's very good looking. He was definitely my type. I love a good chocolate. I mean, the and resume is good. He's, he's, he's writing. He's, he's doing, military. He's, he's a great guy on yeah, paper. Yeah. And then to see that he wasn't trying to be anything mm. but himself. Mm. I was like, wow, he's really genuine. 
And then I just I just said, hi. Like, my dad was on FaceTime while I was, like, texting him. Wait, you're first texting your future husband yes. or DMing your future husband yes. while you're on FaceTime with dad yeah. at the same time? At the same time. He was, like, telling me what to say. He dad. Was, dad. I was like, what should I say? He was like, just say hi. <laughs> Was this is this normal that dad was like at this level of micromanaging your <laughs> dating life? He, I mean, we it just happened to be that way that I was just for that one, just for that moment, you know, that I was just like telling him, and he humbled me at that moment and said, "Go in the trash." What did he say? And that we had a, a discussion. He was like, "I like that. It shows good character. He's not trying to be anything but himself." I said, "I do like that." I said, "Just say hi. See what happens." Hmm. I say hi. Bubbles. I was like, oh, my God, there's bubbles. What do you mean bubbles? Nick responded immediate. Oh, okay. He was like, okay, it was okay, like okay. I said hi, and it was like bubbles. Okay. And I was like, oh. Oh, he's on it. Okay. He's on it. Okay. And I was like, okay. And then we started having dialogue, and he like he speaks in gifts, and I do too. So I'm so glad you said gifts. Yes. Thank you. You're welcome. It's supposed to be gifts. It's supposed to be gifts. It's a that's, gift. That's, that's, that's what the guy <laughs> said. Yes. Thank you. Okay. Yes. Please keep going. Yeah. So, yeah. So we both speak in gifts. And I was like, okay, already points taken there. And he had a sense of humor. And so I was like, okay, let's, um, you know, I'm not going to post, you know, let, let's, you know, do a FaceTime call. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to see what he does. And so we we DM'd each other for the rest of the day. So I was like, okay, I feel comfortable giving him my number. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to, you know, I feel comfortable now. My dad's already off the phone by this time. <laughs> I can handle it now. I, I'm good here. Yeah, you know, but it was cool. It was comfortable. It was relaxed. So I was like, you know what? You can text me. You know, let's get off the DMs, you know? So he texted me, and then, like, we text a couple of times, and then for the rest of the day. And then he was like, you know, I would love to FaceTime you. You know, he was like, I'm going over Sinqua's house to watch Black is King, which was already a point. So I was like, okay, wait the fuck a moment. Wait a minute. He is making Beyonce a priority. A priority. Right, right. It is a moment. Right. Black is King. You go over and you experience it with other people. Right. You don't just watch it on your phone. Right. You go on, you have your snacks, yeah, and you watch it with epic. people. It was epic. It was visuals. It was Afrocentric. You were going it to was, be inspired. You yeah, go, yeah. and you black as king. So I was already like, oh, my God. Good, good. All right, this good. Great. Doing good. Tick. Doing good. Right. Green flag, green flag. Green flag, green flag. <laughs> and then he, um, <clears throat> yeah, he was like, I'm going over to Sinquad's house tomorrow. I would, I would love to FaceTime you now, but I want you to feel comfortable. And so I want you to, you know, I want to FaceTime you with, Someone you know. Gentlemen. Gentlemen. Over FaceTime. Were there any red flags at all that popped up that you had to be like, you know what? We have a bunch of green flags. We're going to keep going. Um, Red flags off the top? Not off the top. Just like at any point at early because you're like, ding, ding. He's doing great. He's doing great. He's doing great. Right? Like there must have been something that you're like, okay, we're going we're gonna to swerve around this and keep it moving. And nobody is perfect. No one's perfect. No. I mean, I couldn't really find any. Um, we had the same ideals and we felt the same about politics. That's important. You know, it's very important. We went right to the nitty gritty. Um, at one point he was thinking about like getting into politics and I was like, that ain't for me. That ain't for me. If you're looking for that type of girl, that ain't me. I have a music video called Think From Your Heart and Not Your Pussy. I'm not that lady. 
I'm going to let you know right now. I guess that was a red flag. Did you see, did you see him try to run for office and they oh. start showing your stand-up? Like, <laughs> yes. I uh, mean, it's funny, but... But, I mean, I'm just not that girl. I guess that was, like, one thing. But he was, like, already leaning against it. He was like, I mean, I came out here to be a writer and a producer and director. I'm not out here to <laughs> run for me. So, wait, how long has it been that you've been married? Three months. <clears throat> Three months. How's that feel? It's... It's beautiful. I'm just taking it all in. You know, I'm I'm grateful. You know, just after being in this career for so long, um, I really didn't believe it was going to happen. You didn't think that marriage was going to happen? Yeah, because, I mean, it was trash outside. <laughs> it was leaves and so much debris. Just rolling cans going all over the place. <gasps> Syringes, plastic bags. <laughs> I just. <laughs> you know, it's so brilliant. It's so brilliant. You, you didn't say it's hard to find a man to date. No, you there's paint, several. There's you, several. But you painted a picture <laughs> yes. of trash and syringes rolling down the street. And I can see a sister like sitting there like. I would love to date, but look, look, <laughs> from what? I'm not even. It, 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 <laughs> that was be a shiny though. piece of wrapper. <laughs> Very shiny. We're like, oh, I'll pick it up. And no, no, it falls to dust. It wasn't it. It wasn't for me. It might be for someone else. You know, so. There's so many fishes, but I found one for me. So I'm grateful. I have a seat. I am grateful that I get to live it out. I have a daughter now, and she's gorgeous and just such a beautiful heart. She's seven. How was that transition? I mean, really? I mean, we're going to talk about Nick all this time, but he he really is an amazing father, and that's what really attracted me even more to him. Um, He's an outstanding dad, and so the transition has always been great because he set the precedent, you know, between me and his his baby moms, you know, and— you know, we're a team. Wow. You know? That's so. beautiful. It's beautiful. I'm, I I really don't have any complaints there. Aww. I mean, but that's really because he's a great dad. And uh, he respects her and he respects me and she respects both of us because of it, you know? And it's, it's that's a so team. Nice. I'm so grateful I get to be a part of her journey. That's so nice. You know? So, yeah. Uh, so tell me about Run the World. Run the World. On Stars. It must be fun. It's so much nice fun. Nice ensemble show. Yeah. It's in fun. New York, yeah. you know, like we're all girls doing our thing. You know, we're all different. And what I love about the show and just us as women, we're all different types of black women. Sure. Sure. You know, and this show does such a great job in showing how black women all can relate to each other and not be in competition of each other and support each other and just lift each other up in every way, in their love life, their career life, um, their family life, just to show up for each other. I imagine it would be very hard to write for you. <laughs> really? And, and and to be able to compete with what you would imagine uh-huh. for yourself. Yeah. So do you, are, I mean, like, are you, are you, here's a script, go mm-hmm. with Run the World, or are you like, no, guys, I can, I can make that funnier. I can, I can improv or I can write something better. I just show them. I, I trust, I, I'm married to a writer. Yeah. So I respect so much of the craft and how much writers put into 
excuse me, dialogue and where they're going. So I'm always going to respect that most importantly. But some things feel better when it comes out of my mouth, you know, and or the way that I think it. So I'm going to definitely try it and do it and commit to it scripted. And then if I have an option, I just tell the writer and the director already if I have an idea, I try out the option. I ask for permission. Yeah. Sometimes in the moment, sometimes in the moment. Yeah. It just comes out. Yeah. And if it's real and if it's good, they keep it. Yeah. You know, so I do a little bit of both, but most importantly, I honor what the writers do. I mean, the bond between you guys, the chemistry between you guys is really strong and natural and it feels sisterly. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't happen by accident. No. And it doesn't happen just on the set, right? Like when you come to the set, we've already built it. Yeah. What have you guys done away from the set that has created this this bond? Because if, if if we don't feel that bond, then you know a show like this has nothing. Yeah, we play Monopoly Deal. Are you serious? <laughs> yes, they play Monopoly Deal and some Bananagrams. Like we're we're really friends. Like we hang out. I mean, another bonding thing is. We all have gotten married. Amber's been married for eight years and has been with her husband for umpteen years, right? And has two beautiful daughters. Corbin and I, we both were, well, I was single when we did the pilot. And then from the pilot to doing first season, I met Nick. Um, Corbin and her husband, they just got married in on New Year's 2023. And then I got married in February 2023. So... We, that kind of all bonded us, too, because okay. we supported each other in our weddings. You know, like we flew to Jamaica and went to Corbin's wedding and Amber and her husband, Andy, and my husband, Nick. We all hung out and got along and hang out together genuinely, you know, and then they came to my wedding and then they're hanging out and supporting me and we do that genuinely. And so it's, like, great that we're building our families and starting this new chapter, you know, all together. And I think that's one thing that really, you know, that we were able to connect on. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's, it, was, it wasn't hard. It wasn't hard for us. We're great girls and we're personable and, you know, we can talk to each other and support each other. So it's, uh, yeah. It does feel so bonding to be at somebody else's wedding. Yeah, to be invited because that meal costs a lot. <laughs> Listen. I don't take it lightly, and I don't take it personal when I'm not invited to somebody's wedding. Now that I've had my own wedding and done that shit, <laughs> should have had 10 people. Should have had 10 people. How many people did you have? I had 133. That's a, that's 133. A, that's a lot. It's a lot. I, I wanted 400, okay? You did I did. Not. I have a lot of friends. You know, sure. I have. I know a lot of people. Yeah. And But it, it was great. It was supposed to be 100. Nick is still looking at me like, why the fuck? We have 33 extra people. I was like, 33? Jesus. It's Jesus. It, how? It's is it Jesus. Jesus. It's 33. That's oh. when he did Miraculous Things. Oh, okay. Oh, sure. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. So, I <laughs> just go with it. Go with it, Torre. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with go you. Go with it. I'm with you. But yeah, it's a lot of money. Beverly Hills Hotel. That shit ain't cheap. No, it's not. <laughs> so if you having a wedding, think about it. Be smart. Who you taking to dinner 20 times? Who takes you to dinner 20 times? Then do your list. You got to be smart. You got to be smart. Met. You know, there's, 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 I feel like there's two kinds of weddings. Mm -hmm. 
did the bride invite most of the guests or did the moms of the bride and groom invite most of the guests? Oh, yeah, yeah, that, that's If it. it's a bride invitation wedding, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. If it's the moms. Yeah, we, we wasn't doing that. Like, no, we wasn't doing that. <laughs> we, we we didn't have our own successes. We paying for this. So, so are were you everybody. a funny kid? Yes, I don't have a choice. My mom is hilarious. My dad is hilarious. My grandmother is a, oh, my God. My grandmother, she was unapologetically funny. She would just clown people. She was the um, the church chef, and she would talk shit about everybody. She was my favorite person to sit next to <laughs> in church. What was her name? Marion Bush. She would fight crackheads. Like, she was just so funny. Like, my whole family is funny. Like, Are you the funniest one? No, I won't say I am. Who's I'm, the funniest one? I'm the goofiest one. Yeah. I don't. They all are in different ways. It's yeah. real. It's like my family is so complex. Yeah. Yeah, but we're all funny. So you kind of learn from each of them. Yeah, I got stories for days. That's why I had to go on stand up. I was like, is this therapy? This is therapy. <laughs> but you're like, like I feel like there's two kind of comics. There's mm-hmm. there's people who have material and yeah. they workshop it and microscope it and Chris Rock will talk about where the pauses Pauses, go and and then there's people who are like just have like a funny air to them and they just say hi like Bernie (laughs) Mac Mac like Chappelle could do like it is a hi and you're already starting to laugh like he just said hi but the way he says it was funny and you're just already in the floor and and you're like that thank you like you just say hi and I'm already laughing good I think that's just the <laughs> essence. That's Brisha. I think that's just all what God put in me. Yeah. He said he must have been giggling when he made me. I think that's what he. I think he's like, oh my god, this little thing. <laughs> She's a Polly Pocket, fun size. Oh, look at her. <laughs> fun size. She's fun size. Go, go, be great. I so have puppy. It, I have puppy energy. Really? I have, uh, yeah. That's I. I live in this. All the time. All the time. <laughs> I that's funny. I mean, I see it. I never heard anybody call themselves that. But I mean, oh, I see yeah. it. I, I listen. I I I love puppies. Yeah, I of love course. dogs. Everybody does. Everybody, right? Right? <laughs> right? It's a winning formula. It's a winning formula. I love it. I once I realized, I was like, I'm so excited and happy. Then you know you have your moments. Like I went through grief, right? Of course. And then you know you have your moments, and you're like. What would make me happy right now? But even that right there. Yeah. <laughs> it's puppy. It's, it's funny. It funny. is puppy. And you know, like, mm, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Put on a song. <laughs> a lot of comics say that they're sad deep mm-hmm. inside. So the laughter is to keep from themselves. Yeah. Is that true for you? They have my moments, you know, and that's why I'm grateful that I have someone to go home to. Mm. That I don't have to wear it all the time. Mm. You know, I can, and he loves me and I love myself enough where I can be all of the things that I am. Mm. You know, and I think that's that's the part about, you know, really evolving in this business. I have friends, I have a village around me that truly take care of me. and We take care of each other, you know, and that's why the show is so great for yeah. women and just for people to see people go through shit and the you know, the optics and what people are supposed to be at all times. You can have moments of confidence and insecurity in the same moment. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. 
it's real life. Yeah. You know, so I'm grateful that I have people that love me and that lift me up even when I'm not able to lift myself up. Mm. You know? Mm. So, yes. Can have all of the colors. We live in a world where you can get anything you need delivered to your door thanks to DoorDash. If you don't want to do the dishes or you feel a little sick, let DoorDash bring dinner tonight. My family uses DoorDash all the time because it connects us to our favorite restaurants without us having to drive. Last night, we got some Indian food for my wife, some gumbo for me, and sushi for the kids. And everyone was happy, and we didn't have to do the dishes. The process of ordering was quick and easy, and I love DoorDash for real. So I was so happy to do this for them because I'm a customer, because I know DoorDash is your door to more. Must be over 21 to order alcohol. Alcohol available only in select markets. DoorDash, your door to more. Download the DoorDash app now to get almost anything delivered. One of the people who helped inspire me to want to be in broadcasting is Oprah Winfrey. She's an inspiration for so many of us, but her daytime talk show was so incredible. And it told me that you could be black and authentic and real on TV. And that made me want to do it, too. Black Stories, Black Truths is NPR's new collection that's a celebration of blackness. Each of NPR's black voices are as direct, varied, distinct and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and how to create world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account of what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. Black perspectives that haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story, but now they are the story. On NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcast that center Black voices. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, as nuanced, and as Black as we are. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> Tell me about building the character, mm -hmm. right, on Run the World, because you are, it's not exactly you, yeah. right? But yeah. I recognize you, right? Mm -hmm. So you, you've sort of come out of, you brought yourself, but you come out of yourself, like, what is some of the work that you do to like? Oh, now we're talking business. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> no, I mean Renee is a lot like myself. Yeah. She's a lot like myself, and I always in every character that I do, I bring a lot of myself to it, um, just so that it can feel natural. Yeah. Um, but building Renee is Renee is the woman that I want to be. Like if okay. I was in corporate America. You know, and I was doing the shit. You know what I'm saying? I'm doing the shit. I'm talking the words. And I'm doing the shit. <laughs> you know what that is? You know when they be in there and be like, and then this and la 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 la. Like, the shit. You know, she comes in there. She's like, I'm that bitch. Like, I feel like she's always playing I'm that girl in everything that she's doing. Like, she's like, she's what I channel when I'm taking for photos. Like, she's fierce. Like, she's 
always tuned in. She's always saying exactly what she wants and she's never apologizing for it. Like how she told her husband, like, like she was like, you're the Barack to my Michelle. Yeah. And he was like, do you really think you're bringing it? Like Michelle He's like, nigga, what? <laughs> like she really believes that. She is a philanthropist. She is an icon. Like that is Renee, you know? So I look at her in ways that I wish I could be sometimes, yeah. you know? And, um, and I take those things, and I'm like, I'm I'm Renee, <laughs> you know. And, and Nick always goes, Renee is here. Jesus. <laughs> take Renee off. Ah! That's why I went to the bob. I was like, I'm going bob the whole time. My hairstyle has to be in a sharp bob because that is Renee. Renee is business. She's gonna get her nails done. She's gonna have her shit together. What did you What did you add? Because I know a script comes and they sit you know, it tells you a certain amount about the character, mm-hmm. and then you're gonna go and do your work, right, and do your backgrounding and your journaling and whatever else you got to do to figure out the rest of who she is. So what did you add to the character? I just added, well, what was so great is that these characters were developed and, you know, Lee Davenport, who created the show, these are her real friends. So I was actually able to talk to her Renee, which is Tiffany, and she lives in Harlem. She is that girl. You know, and she's also a Taurus. So it was great to actually meet her, talk to her, and gather her essence. And I was so happy to see that she was so much like me. You know, she's little. <laughs> you know, she's she's fun size. And she, she, you know, she has a lot of the similarities. Like, a lot of strong women who love to exude a lot of... She does. She's learning how to be soft, and I deal with that too. You know, being a boss on so many levels in work life. When you go home, you don't know how to like be soft to your husband or be soft around your family or ask for help from your girlfriends. And so that is the place that I saw Renee's real like place of. I won't say it's a flaw, but like what she needed to work on and discover. And I feel like in the second season. She's discovering that she wants that. And um, that was something that I, I realized that I had for myself. Like, it was so funny how we were mirroring each other, like, during the whole season. Like, I felt like Rochelle Williams, who is our showrunner and our incredible writing team, I felt like they were, like, really telling too much of my business. <laughs> like, I was like, now wait a fucking minute. Like, I was reading the script, and I was like, now, y'all know y'all can't do this to me. But it was great because I was able to put so much of myself and I was seeing so many similarities in Renee that I was able to, you know, help myself with the tools that she was learning and to fall in love and to, you know, to reason with herself and to give herself grace. Mm. You know, so I was, it was a real interesting time because I, I was losing my father at the same time. Mm. I did a funeral scene and right after we did the funeral scene, I literally jumped on a train and had to go bury my father. When did he pass? He passed while I was on set. Mm. Um, My makeup artist died the day before that. This year, last year, when? Last year while we were filming. It was like boom, boom, boom. And then. What happened? Um, my father had been sick, and I really wasn't coming to grips with it. You know, like I was, um, I was just living in the present. Like, no, you're my best friend. Like, you're my, you're my person. Like, this is not happening. 
you know, like when I went from Baltimore and my parents were trying to hide that he was going into hospice and I just flew home. And so I flew home and then from being in Baltimore, we went straight into production. So I really had no time to like decompress, you know, I was just going, going, going. But I'm so grateful for the producers and the team, my cast, they held me up. It was hard. It was really hard. My husband as well. It was hard. But I proved to myself that I'm stronger than I think. You know, I was able to come to work. I was able to perform. I was able to put my all into it, into yeah. something, Yeah. you know, and still have fun and still be able to have joy because I knew that my father wanted me to live in my dream. And this is his dream, too. You know, me living and doing this is his dream, too, because he, he sacrificed. But it was definitely, like mirroring the show was mirroring my life in a lot of ways and uh my husband god bless him god bless him god bless him remember when my dad died and i ran my my mom's in boston they were in boston i ran home and it was like okay what does mom need what does my sister need mm -hmm. what does the guy who's writing the obituary need mm -hmm. and it took me like three or four days to be like Oh, this is happening to you. Yes. Well, how, what do you need? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I was I was operating in, okay, we're going to do this. I was still operating as if this wasn't really happening to me. Right. You know? Right. I'm I'm doing a production. Right. Okay, this has to, who has the pictures? Where's the choir? Where's this? Mom, mom, I got it. Because you're, you're, you're going through too much. I got it. I got it. I got it. You know? So you need to come home and... You and know? I never cried. No, me either. Oh my gosh, are we cousins? <laughs> are we cousins? Now, when I when we said and that's a wrap, when we said and that's a wrap, and I had to go home. Now that now now that's when the therapy starts. That's when the therapy starts. But I'm grateful I had that time. I'm grateful that I still have the time. I'm grateful that you know because grief people experience it in so many ways. I'm grateful I had a show where I was able to get that energy out. And one thing I dealt with for a while is that um, I would see him in the distance. So like 30, 40, 50 yards away, I'd see somebody who was had a hat or his color or his shape or whatever, his walk. Yeah. And your eyes are going, there he is. is. And your mind is going, obviously not. Yeah. And the eyes are like, I know, obviously not, but you see what I'm seeing, right? And the mind, like, yes, but, and, th and this is like, like a, yes, a second. A second. And then you blink and like, well, okay, now it's clearly not. But for a second, you saw him, right? Has he reappeared to you in different ways? In different ways, you know, I feel like my father shows up when I need him. Yeah. Not in visual, not like that. Yeah. It'll be in, in a way that I needed him. Like when we were filming the funeral scene, and I was really nervous about filming that because I just didn't want to fall apart. Yeah. I like flew my best friend in town, and I just was like, "Yo, I need someone to just like make sure I go to set, like just make sure I'm, I'm holding it together, yeah. and knows me to know like go sit down over there for a second, you yeah. know, like, yeah, yeah. you know, I was grateful that he was able to be there for me. Shout out to Vic, um, but yeah, like it was we were doing the funeral um, episode. And an actress, Natasha, um, Natasha, oh my gosh, I'm forgetting her last name, but she's nominated for a, to a Tony. Oh, wow. Um, 
for some like it hot. And I did a play with her when I was like nine or 14 or something. I've known her my whole life, it seems, and she knows my parents, she knows everything. I didn't know she was cast on that episode. So as soon as the Zoom popped up and we were doing our table read, I see her face and I just start bawling. I get emotional right now because that was a moment, because my dad had already passed. But that was a moment that I knew I was gonna be safe. Oh. I was gonna be safe. Wow. It was like, I can play this character and I can experience these emotions and be completely understanding of what her, what she's going through in her grieving process. But I can also look at her and be reminded that I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay, you know? And uh, everybody was like, oh my God, oh my God, is everything okay? Because we were, you know, on Zoom and everyone was seeing me react to her. And she was just like, I got you, Brie. Yeah, yeah, he made this happen. Don't worry, I'm here. And just her saying that, I just knew it. She knew my parents and, you know, she talks to my mom all the time, but it was just divine and it was like a way of my father being there too and just saying, you have family around you, you have angels around you. And so it's like things like that that'll happen. Like at my wedding, you know, I wanted to honor him. Oh, wow. And we sang, um, my parents met in a church choir, you oh. know. And so there was a song called Center of My Joy by Richard Smallwood and he was singing that all the time. And so I was like, oh my gosh, if I could have that song sung at the wedding. So my friend, and my mom, she's so strong. She's a tourist too. And she's, she don't cry either, okay? she just rather have heart problems. Sorry, you businesses <laughs> out there, Sharon. But, <laughs> but, but, you know, like I wanted to prove to her that, you know, his presence, I knew that that song would make her feel like his mm. presence was there. So mm. I surprised her with it and mm. had, um, yes. Yes. So she's crying. Yes, Jason McGee and his choir came, and they just popped up all over the courtyard and started singing Center of My Joy. And as soon as the first note hit, and it was a cappella, I turned to my mom, and she's just like, you bitch. <laughs> you bitch. But, you know, it was like we were able, it was a, it was a gift to my mother, but it was also a gift for me. Mm -hmm. Because it was like I knew that that, how it all came together seamlessly, mm. me asking my friend Jason, you know, and the singer that sang, he had the same tone as my father. I didn't put oh. that together, oh. you know? So it was just so beautiful. Yeah. And I had family members that were there that were just like, oh, he's here. Mm. So it's like oh. things like that, that I'm just like, he's around. And whenever I need him, he just shows up, you know? And I'll just say, daddy, I need you today. And he'll show up. He will. So I can walk so so boldly in that and knowing that he's just present with me in another way. He's still my bestie. He's still my my role dog. He's still my my movie watching buddy. He's just in a different way. He's probably gonna come in through and one of my kids and they he's gonna cuss me out. <laughs> and I'll be like, oh my God, the baby just got here and he's cussing me out through his eyes. His eyeballs are cussing me out. That's my father. In love, but like you just you just totally ran me. That will totally happen. I know. When you talked about Vic mm -hmm. being there for you on set, mm -hmm. and you made me think about how as an actor, you are taking in these emotions. You are living in these emotions as if that is your real life. Yeah. And then you have to turn it off because it's not your real life mm -hmm. and go home. 
but your body and your mind may still be registering mm-hmm. those emotions as if you really went through them. Yes. So there's a whole roller coaster that you have to go through. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe if it's falling in love or falling out of love, like that's one thing, but going through something really traumatic, like a funeral mm-hmm. or a death scene like that. And like, you still are carrying that when you go that home. Energy. Yeah. Like wh- what is that part of the job like? Uh, you just got to get it out, you know, um, because I was going through it in real life on that same day, actually, or like we came back, my dog of 14 years, it just gets really bad. It just gets really dark. It was like, you know, it happens in threes. Your dog. My, my, my little foot, she's been with me for 16 this years. This is a blues song. It was so My blue. daddy died my, and my, then. My doggy died. And then my boss asked me to relive the funeral. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, so it was just crazy. So I was putting all of that together while I was on set. And then um, my husband, you know, he, he I realized that my friend who was watching my dogs was, like, letting me know that it wasn't going well for her. And I was like, oh, God, really? Now, a week after daddy? No. And um, sorry if this is depressing, but, um, I, yeah, I went on. I, I kept it together. And I knew she was at the vet, and they held her, and she wouldn't go until I got on the phone. She wouldn't go. I was like, I was like, just put her euthanize. Like, like she was like, she's holding on. Like I was like, okay, I'll be off set. And like a few hours, and she waited. Like she, like they were like, we're, we're keeping her calm, but she's fine. She's fine. She just hasn't really taken her last breath yet, and. As soon as I got on the phone in the van, I was by myself, and she she heard my voice. Her eyes opened, and she looked at the phone like she just like looked like this. And I said, "It's me," and she said, and she waited for me. She waited for me. And that was it. We just I just wept. I I I think I cried harder for her than I did for my daddy. I I mean it was just so much. It was so. Much. But you're crying for both of them. I cry for everything. Yeah. For everything. It was just energy in my body. You know? I'm grateful. I know why God brought my husband to me when at the time that he did. Right. I know. It just all makes sense. It just makes me so much more grateful for the union, for the relationship, for the friendship, just the full understanding of why it's needed and, and why I'm honestly just so grateful that I have the opportunity to be loved. I'm grateful. Mm. Because, like, going through all of that at the same time and going to work and having to put it back on Mm. and take it back off and keep it on and take it back off, I'm grateful that I had someone to go home to. I'm so grateful. I'm so hot. I'm so so grateful that I had him at that time. Mm. That's Mm. why I say God bless him because... <laughs> Renee, I was crazy. I love this shit. That you said something nice. else um, relating to Renee that I wanted to pick up on about strength that I felt like relates to what a lot of black women uh, are going through in terms of I don't want to tell other people mm-hmm. that I am weak mm-hmm. because a black woman is supposed to be strong. She's oh, the bullshit. pillar of the family. She's supposed to hold up the world, right? But, but I mean, like, this is what this is what they put out. This there. is what we're told. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And now you have right. And so then turning to someone and saying, "I'm hurt. I'm vulnerable. I'm weak." Like that's frightening. 
right? Yes. Like I can't do that, right? Yeah. But but we suffer just the same, right? And so you were just and talking about all that in relation to the character, but that is in your life, in our life, in so many of our I lives. I feel like it was very serendipitous that it happened at that time because I didn't know that I was dealing with that. You didn't even notice it? I didn't even notice there. it. I didn't even know it myself that I was going through that and that I even had that. Like, I've just been operating in life like, oh, I got this, I got this, I got this, until I didn't. And then I'm reading the script, and I'm like, oh, Renee ain't got this either. Oh, I know how to do this because I'm, I'm living this. Oh, I got this. You know, so <laughs> oh, I got I, this ungodliness. I got this ungodliness. <sighs> so you learned about your life from reading this character. Come on. That's deep. Ain't it? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Did we know we were going here today, Torre? Did we know? No, no, but that's the beauty. Yeah, that's the When that's we go beauty. places that we didn't know. But that's because you provide the space. You know, I I never know what I'm going to, like, I I was even, like, anxious because I was like, I don't know whether to talk about this. Like, so I was so nervous about, like, what I could, you know, because you talk about Renee, but I just know so much. I was so gentle, you know, with this, with myself during this time because I was like, oh, my God, season two, I was going through so much, you know, and I I understood Renee on such a deeper level. Um and still trying to, you know, because even in grief, you have these things. You go through happiness and joy and you go through love and all of these things. You're showing a full arc of life. So I, I I understood the whole thing. But I was like, oh, my God, am I going to tell people about, like, what I went through? And I was like, well, you know, God wouldn't take you to it unless he would, you know, mm. bring you through it and even though I'm still going through it, and, you know, it's just a new way. It's just a new way of living. You know, every time you lose a parent or lose someone close to you, it's just a new way of living, adjusting to it. It's a new chapter it's in your life. It's a new chapter in your life. And so I was like, you know, if, I, if it comes up, I gave myself permission, you know, to talk about it because I was like, you know what, I never really had heard anyone speak about grief and therapy, you know, and family dynamic as much as our show deals with it. And how much I was experiencing it at the same time. And choosing yourself. Yeah. And being selfish. And not apologizing for it. Like, I think our show is definitely needed for women, especially black women. And I'm just so proud to be a part of something like that, you know? Where I know that I was affected by it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if you as one of the artists can have your life transformed by the art, surely... The viewers can have that same sort of a yeah. deep relationship. Absolutely. What does eating healthy mean to you? Whatever your eating goals, Thrive Market is the best place to get all your groceries and household essentials. And getting Thrive shipped to your door is like having a great supermarket right outside your house. I love that Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and ethical sourcing methods. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks or low sugar alternatives or gluten-free essentials, Thrive Market's got it and their site lets you curate your shopping experience quickly. And as a Thrive member, I save on every order, usually about 30%, which of course I love. And when you join, you help a family in need with the membership matching program. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus... 
a $60 gift for free. Go to thrivemarket.com slash Toray for 30% off your first order, plus that free $60 gift. That's Thrive, T-H-R-I-V-E, market.com slash Toray. Thrivemarket.com slash Toray. On March 16th, 2000, two sheriff's deputies were shot in Atlanta. Jamil Alamin, a Muslim leader and former black power activist, was convicted. But the evidence was shaky, and the whole truth didn't come out during the trial. My name is Mosi Secret, and when I started investigating this case in my hometown, I uncovered a dark truth about America. From Tinderfoot TV, Campside Media, and iHeart Podcasts, Radical is available now. Listen to the new podcast, Radical, for free on the iHeart Radio app or wherever you get your podcasts. So you, you always knew this, being funny, was where you had to go. This was the only choice. Being funny? Yeah. I mean, just being funny professionally. Uh, well, you know, I said I was, my parents, they they knew I was different. I, I mean, I was at four or five years old saying that I was, I, was, I would just declare and say, I'm an Academy Award winning actress. <laughs> at five. Okay. So they knew this bitch was different. <laughs> This is a different <laughs> bitch we got here. Wait, what were you saying at five? Like, I was saying I wanted to be inside the TV. I would get dressed up to watch Sesame Street. You know when they would do all around the world and they would pop the t- the video yeah. on a kid and they would just be like, oh, today I'm doing this. like, And it would just be like the kid's life. I thought the camera was going to land on me. <laughs> I had to be ready. I was... I had to be ready. It's gonna come. Three o'clock. Bitch was dressed. Okay, she was dressed, hat and all. Just <laughs> I'm ready for my Bring close up. up. These kids know. If you listen to your children, they tell you what they want to do. Mm. Mm. From five. From five. I, I have to be on the TV. I want to be inside of the TV. What is it? What did it? What did you want? What like? What did you want? I wanted what? to perform. I wanted to do all the things, like my babysitter, Miss Marion. She would watch the, um, the stories, they call it. You yeah, know, the yeah, the soaps, yeah. Yeah, the soaps. So she would put everybody else to sleep. And I was little, but she would let me stay up and watch the stories with her. You know, because I was like her TV girl. Because I was like, ooh, you're just watching the stories with her. And you... And the, and the stories, mm-hmm. you were like, that. I want to do, do that. She knew that I wanted to, she could tell. Because as soon as Days of Our Lives came on, this bitch was obedient. Because <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> I was I, obedient. I mean, I, mean I, watched, I watched a lot of television growing up. Mm-hmm. I, it never occurred. It didn't really occur to me, like, oh, you could be one of them. Like, not until later. Yeah. It was like. Those people are doing that. Mm -hmm. That's very interesting. Maybe one day that'll happen. Yeah. But I I didn't actively think like you like, no, no, no. I'm getting in that box. Yeah, I wanted to be in the box. I wanted to tell the story. I wanted to put the hair and makeup on. I wanted to do all of that. I loved music videos. My parents told me like. Wait, which videos did really resonate for you? Well, you know, if I'm telling my age, I'm an 80s baby. (laughs) Come on. Come on. But like. I love 80s pop rock. Like what? Like, um, what is it? Um, I don't know. I'm thinking of the guy with the orange hair. Like, if it was loud. Um, 
From the B-52s? Yeah, I love the B-52s. Like, I love my 80s pop, like, mind stuff. Like, yeah. I, I, I remember all of the videos. Yeah. I can just, like, pop a video. Prince. Prince, all of it. Madonna. Mad all of it. Michael. All of it. <laughs> Bruce Springsteen. All of it. Okay, <laughs> if, I, if I really go there, I would be like, Cindy, uh, Cindy Lauper. Cindy Lauper. Yeah. Like I loved her. I loved um, We are wrong. We are strong. Rolling in heartache. We stand. You know, I love that type of shit. You know, like they would record um, MTV when it would come on for an hour, and my parents they would they they would keep me entertained for like the whole hour. So they would just record it and keep it in on loop. And so they'd be like, "That bitch is." crying again, put the tape on. Because my parents were older. So they were just like, put the tape on. And my friend, my parents would say their friends would make fun of them. They was like, that baby's going to be possessed. Because <laughs> <laughs> you got the music videos, you know, going they on thought and the on. videos it's were going to ruin us. It. Yes. They didn't. They didn't. I'm fine. <laughs> I love music. Uh, but I love 80s pop rock music. Like, um, now it's killing me. As soon as I leave, I'm going to remember the song. But I remember, uh, we're not going to take it. Like, I remember, like, all <laughs> of that sister. shit. Twisted Sister. Yeah, like, when he's coming down the stairs. And they and were he was chasing him through the house. Out. Yeah, like, I remember that video. And I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. The hair, the makeup. Like, I remember all that shit. I remember, like, Patty. Like, I, I mean, yeah, I remember Patty LaBelle. Like, I remember, like, all this stuff. They would just play videos. Over and over again, and I used to love it. Of course, you know, there was Michael and Prince. I mean, that was a staple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. you got Janet. I mean, I knew music video dances. Like, I knew all of them. Aaliyah, like, you put me. I'm I'm, I'm there doing the music video, okay? <laughs> fuck, oh, let's let the meet. Let's let the beat. Like, fuck TikTok. Fuck TikTok. I was TikTok before TikTok. I was TikToking before TikTok was ever invented. Okay, I get so lonely. <laughs> Janet reposted me because I know the music video. I know the counts. Right. No one taught me. That was called play, record. Oh yeah, record, stop, play, rewind, <laughs> do it over. I knew all of the background dancers. Aww. Oh my god, I love music video. Uh. <laughs> I was like Torrey. Oh, no, they used to be art. They were, and it was such, it was. Like, it was like you got to see an expression. Yeah, yeah. You it, know, like this yeah. artist's expression yeah. and their vision yeah. of the music yeah. and how they interpreted it. You don't fully understand the group Yo, until you've seen see the it. video. And, okay, now I see your whole vision. Gotta see it. You know? Can you pay my bills? Like, like, that was iconic. They was just posing in different scenarios, in different colors. But a bitch was. <laughs> the first we started, I was cool. Cool. You know? I love Destiny's Child. I love Destiny's Child. I mean, I loved all of them. 3LW. I loved all of them. SWV. SWV. I wanted nails. I'm pissed off. I'm sick of hiding this. Total? Sick of hiding this. My brain. I'm sorry. Total. Total. You can't you see what you do to me? It was up there like they was Indians, just hopping around. Okay, they got Biggie in there. But in Vogue. In Vogue was the hairstyles. Queens. They were they were elegant. I was in. I believe. 
I was in college when they were first exploding. And it, it and just to be around a bunch of students when the in vogue uh, movement was starting. I can't imagine. It was so much. And, and I was in Atlanta, right? Yeah, so we were, were singing. I was at Emory. Oh, yeah, that's we that's, party over at the AUC. I get Morehouse and Spellman. Yeah. And I mean, like, I can't, I can't remember. I can't remember the name. The name where they stood, the acapella. Well, since I had you, mm-hmm. I treated you bad, and then and then the beat drops like forty five seconds into the record. Yeah. yeah, and you and the beat drop was like whoa, so cold. So and like boys to men. <sighs> like I was a kid, and I remember just being like, "Oh my god, Philly's back again." <laughs> You said that's the way you said that. Look, guys. Look, guys. Philly's back. Philly's back. Where have they been? Oh my God. Hotel Philly's back again. Bobby Brown, though. Bobby Brown. Bobby Brown was the king. Jodeci. I remember my babysitter. Jodeci over baby. Jodeci or Boyce Men? I mean, well, I mean, those are two different girls, right? True. Right, right. So I'm saying, which girl are you? Well, I'm I'm more of a I mean I like both I mean it just depends <laughs> depends what era but I'm a definite true, true. boys to men girl you know I like to be romanced yes. I like to be you know they're they're gonna show hugs. up in a sweater very polite hold your hands and blue you know like Jodeci's gonna break your Jodeci's heart. gonna break your heart <laughs> in three pieces and they're gonna sweat while doing and it and you're gonna like it you're gonna like it. You're gonna be upset about it. I don't want it. I never. I always was grossed out by Jodeci. I didn't really start appreciating their music because I was so young. I like. I remember my babysitter was like, "Oh my god!" Like she, you would say Jodeci to her, and she would go, "Oh my god!" <laughs> yeah, like I was like, yeah. "Girl, did they do something the, to the, you?" The bad boys. They were bad boys. Arr, she had the posters. Leather. It was leather. Shirts off. Sweating. Oh my god. I was like, they're dirty. <laughs> and they're from North Carolina. They're North Carolina, combining Jesus. To yep. sweaty R&B. Yep, yep. How dare yep. they? Yep, yep, yep. How dare they? I mean, it's the high-tech version of Ray Charles. That's I what mean, Ray Charles is, are doing. We're doing the same thing, just a different era. I love them. I mean, I just love music. I mean, I grew up with music. I was I was a backseat driver. So what did you love, like, love, love as a kid? Like music? Yeah, 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 yeah. I loved... I mean, I grew up... Like my dad is a singer. He he sang gospel music, so I love gospel music. Yeah, and so I I love like all of that stuff. Like Richard Smallwood, I grew up around that, and Kirk Franklin. So I grew up, you know, really appreciating who are the good gospel music. Who are the comedians you zoned in on to help create who you've become? Wow. Well, I grew up also loving one woman shows, right? Like Tracy Ullman. She Tracy Ullman was huge, huge. and huge. hysterical. Hysterical. I love that she had one pop song. I loved it. <laughs> Baby, there's no need for living in the. I loved it. I was like, it's so random. She's like, oh, a little flex. I can just do a little flex. I love that Eddie Murphy had a pop song. Yo, I'm Party still trying time. to figure out was Party All the Time, like, was he. Was he really serious or was it a joke? 
I think he was both. He was, it's something like, <laughs> right? like even even when I was like doing my song on stage, "Think from Your Heart and Not Your Pussy," <laughs> I was like, "This is hilarious." And then it got really serious all of the time. All of a sudden, like it starts off really funny. It's like, "Oh my God, Think from Your Heart!" <laughs> like it just gets really serious all of a sudden. Then you're like, "I am a pop star," you know. I think that probably started with like, "Oh, this is I girl loves to party," and they're probably doing some. Crazy shit with you know the shit that they do. But you said Whoopi Goldberg, and Whoopi Goldberg. and she was she is was serious. I remember watching Smokey Fontaine. Mm. Why am I straight? I was very young. I'm like, yo, she's hysterical. My dad record like he he, I I, I he really introduced me to comedy. You know, um, uh, like I remember the albums he would play me. He would play me. Um, what's my girl's name? Um, Smoky, smoky, she has a smoky voice. Oh my gosh, you know she's uh, older, like in, in the nineteen forties. Um, comedian. Um, you mean Mom's Mabley? Yes, Mom's Mabley. He used to play her albums for me, like just, and they were vulgar as fuck. Oh yeah, yeah, vulgar. Oh yeah, and I would just be sitting there listening, laughing. Red Fox. Yes. Um, so I just always had. An idea of timing and an idea, like, I listen to comedy like music. Right. And so um, I just always had appreciation for comedy. and um, But the storytelling, the women, that story, Bette Midler, the extraness mm. <clears throat> of her coming on stage and mm. big, big, you know, numbers and stuff like that. I loved that. It was just so exciting and captivating. And I just love when women do it. I love when women take over a male-dominated space and fucking kill it. Mm -hmm. And do what they want. It doesn't have to be like five minutes on a mic. I love more experimental stuff. You know, that's where my CalArts shit comes in. <laughs> you know, I'm just like, let's do something really alternative, experimental art. You know? <laughs> like, so I, 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 love when, I love when artists can really express themselves in different ways and like take the art form and do something completely unexpected mm. you know so yeah I, I i love comedy and especially whoopi goldberg she's always been just such a mark for me um because she's been able to express her gifts in so many different ways you yeah. know you couldn't put her in a box no you know no you can't put jamie fox in a box no you can't put marlon waynes in a box you know they they live to surprise people and there's so many artists like that you know so, yes, so many you people. have had an extraordinary career, mm -hmm. tons of talent in different areas. How do you keep moving up from here as far as next five, ten years of your career? My plan is just to keep surprising myself. You know, I, I want to take roles, and I'm attracted to roles that expand me, you know, and that I can learn from, you know, Um of course, when I read Renee, I was like, oh, this is cool. I can do that. I had no idea that it was going to be a, a help for me in second season when I, I was going through my season of time. But, you know, I'm attracted to roles. Like I did a million little things recently playing a therapist, and that was great. It was fun. It was like people haven't seen me in this type of space being, you know, a drama, you know. Um, I haven't done this type of stuff in a while, and I want to keep elevating in that way. You know, I want to... I don't know what's next. I can I can be on stage. I love doing stage, and I love doing stuff like that. So you might see me there, and 
conquering that. But then I also want to do a drama. You know, I love mixing it up. Why do you? Uh, why do you want to do a drama? You're so funny. <laughs> we love. Why do you want to <laughs> fuck it up? Well, no, no, no. I mean, like, there's you see over and over and over the comedians. And, and Hollywood mm. loves to put the funny person in a dramatic role. And the per when the person who has made us laugh so many times is like, I'm not smiling this time. Yeah. It, it's 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 deeper, right? Yeah. It's 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 it cuts I mean, Kevin little... Hart, when he did that drama, the series that he did on Netflix, on Netflix with his brother. Oh my god, mm -hmm. that was awesome. I think about Robin Williams Robin doing Williams? that. Was that oh that, that one hour them. photo? All of them, all of them. I love Monique. Yeah, oh, well. Oh, come on. You know. I mean, but another Baltimore. Another Baltimore. Yeah, player. yeah. But, you know, like, I love, you know, I love actors that aren't afraid, that are fearless. And yeah, I got that gear, and I got another gear, too, and I love to exercise both. I love to do all kinds of stuff. You know, I love to sing, too. You know, and I do that this season, too. Surprise! You know, so I, I love to just keep expressing myself in whatever way I want and to keep surprising people that love me and love what I do and making new fans. And the only way to do that is to keep elevating and to keep switching it up. Because I love doing comedy. I love doing comedy. I love what pays, okay? <laughs> I love what pays. But I love also doing, expressing myself through my art and whatever gift, some things I just haven't even discovered about myself yeah. that I don't even know is in me. Like one time they were like, you know, I love doing impersonations. I love, of course I love doing sketch, you know? So I love like- Who do you people, do? Huh? Who do you do in person? I do, I do, I, whoever you want me to. I mean, I did Sherman Showcase and they were like- I Diallo. love that show. Oh yeah. Oh my God. You know, so I did the Mary, you know, and I did the Anita Baker-ish, you know, I did- Do you Anita Baker? Well, I- I sing like her, you okay. know, and she uses her hands, and, <laughs> you know. <laughs> she's a Tony, Tony Braxton owes her a check. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. True. 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 She's Tony Braxton's, right? She's Tony Braxton's mother. Listen, she I said is. It. I said it. I love no you, shade. Tony. No shade. No I love shade. Tony. But what happened was when we were on the set of Marlon, Diallo Riddle, who also is my castmate and friend, we were we would just be geeking all day. I mean, you have no choice. It was the funnest set I've ever, ever been on. And Marlon is up there geeking, and I'm up there. Like, I don't know what I'm saying. And so Diallo's like, oh, my God, Anita Baker. I was like, Diallo, that was Tony. He was like, it's not Anita. I was like, wait a minute. What was 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 one of her songs? See, when I'm in Tony, I can't. What's the Tony Braxton? I mean, uh, Anita Baker song. Um, wait, 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 wait. I got it. Um, oh Lord, wait a minute. Now I know this. Is it now? If I start cleaning some shit, the shit'll come to my head. Wait a minute. Edit this part. Wait, because Anita would kill me. No, don't edit this. Uh, <laughs> no. No, this is crazy. No, Adita. Um, she got to jump in her phone and figure yes, it out real quick, me, just like I, we all do. Because when I'm in it's Tony, all, all I'm thinking about right. is Tony. Tony. The bottom lip. And then that's Michael McDonald. 
You know? There's a lot of bottom left. What are you trying to do to me? I mean, all of them are needed. Mariah, 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 Mariah Carey. Mariah Carey. What's she sound like? Oh, I don't now. I've never sang that high. <laughs> Brisha is a bona fide who, alto. Who else can you do? I mean, I love Tony. I, I mean, I love Eric. Wait, I mean, Sade. Sade. Because she's deep. She's deep. I don't do Sade. Sade, you can't be duplicated. I mean, that's a vibe. <laughs> that's a vibe. I mean, I love Rihanna. Do Rihanna. I. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. So I heard it. You heard it. I heard it. it. I you heard, heard it, it. Right. I heard it. Lift me up. <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's it. That's all, all you, you need. need to that's do. That's all you need to Aren't do. You're so recognizable. I yeah. got it. I got it. I got. It. I it. Like that was a whole song. <laughs> that bitch is fabulous. That bitch said, "I ain't fucking singing on the song." She was like, what, what she was like, she was like, um, what you like? Uh, what, what was that, that song? My favorite song? She would be like, uh, she was like, you can say whatever, I can do whatever. It's so hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that bitch always sounds like she just woke up. <laughs> I love her. She <laughs> lit me up. <laughs> The lips, though. The lips. Keep it calm. Wait. Like, <laughs> but you know, but like Mary, Mary J. Blige is a vibe because you know you gotta, you know, you gotta add the, you like you playing who, you gotta play basketball while you do Mary, you know, well, you know, you gotta do that, you know. Real love. Real love. Yo, she's aggressive. She's aggressive. I'm searching for, I'm searching for a real. You know, she's giving she someone to send my heart. <laughs> you know, she's always going through it. I love her. That's why I love Sherman Showcase. What's Beyonce sound like? I mean, Beyonce. Beyonce. I, I, I don't know. I, I like to talk like Beyonce. <laughs> I like to talk like Beyonce. Beyonce. It's always gonna be down here. She's not giving you a lot. When I did the album, it was something so special about that. Houston, Texas. <laughs> you gotta sometimes just go there. It's good. It's good. good. That's good, right? That I'm good. not even warmed up. That was good. Right? That was good, Beyonce. I do a lot of people. I I spend a lot of time by myself. <laughs> spend a lot of time by myself. You don't have to pay me for any of it. I, like, I would be doing this by myself. <laughs> I do a lot of people. Like, so I don't even know people that I do right. until they ask me and I look it up and I go, oh, I can do that. Oprah? You get a call. I don't know. I don't know Oprah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know Oprah. I don't know. I don't know Oprah. <laughs> I don't know. I have a good time. I have a good time. And one person I really love doing is Patricia Fields. Okay. From the the the, 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 the world. designer. Uh, yes, and she always talks like this. <laughs> New York, very New York. She's like, honey, honey, you look fabulous. You always look gorgeous. Can you do you? 
Me? Well, it's just me, honey. But a caricature of, you, like, if you had to play you and uh, like, we're going to amp it up. Oh, well, I guess it would be nipples. <laughs> I do nipples on Housebroken. And she's a deranged hamster. And so that's nibbles. So, yeah, I think if I, and, and sometimes when I go in the booth and I'm doing nibbles, I was like, you guys, this is really me. She's like, I ate him. And she's cute, but she also, like, it's a murderous. is a murderer. <laughs> Such an honor to do that interview. Thank you for listening. Torre Show gives you fuel to power your dreams because you can use your dreams like a rocket ship to blast you into a life you never imagined. You can make your dreams a reality Maybe this show can help. You can find me on Twitter at Torre and on Instagram at Torre Show. Torre Show is written by me, Torre, and produced by Jennifer Brown. Our editor is Ryan Woodhall. Our photographers are Chuck Marcus and Chanta Covington and Nick Carp. Our booker is Claudia Jean, and we're distributed by DCP Entertainment. And we will be back next week with more amazing guests because the man can't shut us down.